Hello, gang, and welcome back once again to another weekly episode of Straight Up, the pop culture and celeb podcast, hosted by us, journalist and besties. Oh, no, you said besties. Besties, Kathleen and Ellie. How are you doing today, babes? I can't think of Beth without thinking of the poor pet who died in uh, Loose Women. Not Loose Women, Little Pardon? Women. <laughs> little Women. Right, yeah. Oh, yes. Greta Gerwig, Loose Women. No, Little Women. What are we on? Oh Sorry, guys. God, we're unhinged. God. We're recording at a different time today. We are doing a morning record. It's a sunny Tuesday Sorry, morning. I've actually lost it. I'm off to France tomorrow. I'm off to work later. You're off to work well, later. Well, so are you, actually. We've got our adaptogenic... We had our adaptogenic coffees this morning. Very tasty. Coffee's not cocktails for us today. I know. You know what's happening record. to us. Once upon a time, I would have had a cocktail at 11am. We would have had mimosas, Kath. We would. We Gosh. did actually record we with we mimosas have done once, that once. Yeah. on a Saturday morning. Or espresso martinis, like when you're about, I don't know, when you're young and dumb and you go for brunches and you have like five espresso martinis. Yeah, and then you have like terrible. cardiac arrest Literally, later in, at like, night in bed. I remember once learning the very hard way never to have more than three espresso martinis, being up all night with terrible, terrible heart palpitations and then having to drive to my where my grandparents like used to live, which is in Shropshire, like to Ludlow the next day. Like, on Is my that own. when you were sick at the wheel? No, I was sick at the wheel when Marlon was in the car, thank God, so he could ha- hold a bag in front of my face. I was literally driving and I was like, I'm going to be sick. And we were in like standstill traffic on the motorway. I think we were coming back from like a festival or something and I had to get him to grab, I think it was like literally a crisp packet or something no, and put it in front of me. Crisp packet full of sick. I know, I know. It was you know disgusting. What would... And my friend Millie was in the back like screaming. Like, Do you know what would have happened if I'd done it? I would have try to be sick out the window and then it would have definitely in the wind yeah 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 well sorry for the tmi i was gonna leave that bit out oh did it do it well i tried to empty said crisp packet out of the window (gasps) and then it flew backwards and that's why millie my friend was screaming in the back because it just like splattered against her window (laughs) it was horrific and it was literally standstill traffic on a huge motorway so there was absolutely nowhere i could go and i was in like the middle lane yeah, that was This has taken quite um, yeah. an unprecedented, gruesome turn. I know. Sorry to start off with uh, tales of vomit. <laughs> tales of vomit. Anyway, I have other tales to regale with you today. <laughs> tales to regale. <laughs> Guys, I think I've been drugged. Um, oh, yes. Ellie felt high after a daturogenic <laughs> coffee this morning. And then you were like, you've literally had the one that isn't with mushroom in it. Yeah, but even so, they're like functional mushrooms. They're not like magic mushrooms. Uh, yeah, I think perhaps you were just a sensitive soul who has a bit of a, what's the word? Um, what do I God why do I want to say the paleo effect (laughs) the placebo effect not paleo not a dietary style I genuinely feel really drunk Um, it's because I haven't had breakfast also (laughs) she's woozy people sorry Sorry, guys anyway so yeah let's get into it so let's get into it so If you've listened to the last episode, you will know that we talked about some hot celebrity goss uh, with Lizzo and Ariana Grande. And, um, sorry, I literally... Guys, she's taking her glasses off. (laughs) This is go and get juicy. I just don't have my lens wipe, which I usually use at this time in the morning. This is the most glamorous thing I could ever say, but I'm on the hunt for some lens cleaner. Oh my God. Because my glasses are getting so dirty. I do have my glasses outside actually they're in the car maybe I have to do a I'll quick. give you some later but genuinely my colleagues have all bought the same lens cleaner because wow. and one of my colleagues sniffs it at his desk 
sniffs it. That <laughs> sounds a bit because it's like it's like intoxicating, right? I think it's a bit makes like them high. yeah, makes them high. <laughs> anyway, okay. um, I then spoke to some friends who had some interesting insight on the scandals of last week with Ariana Grande and Lizzo. Separate insider Listen, intel. Exactly. We love to hear it. So one of my friends went to uni with Ethan Slater. Wow, which also I must say shows that again my weird perception of time and age, like. I thought Ethan Slater was like older than that. So I think she is a bit older. She's a friend of a friend. and Right, okay, that makes me feel better. I'm like, how the hell was Ethan Slater at uni like after me? That's going to make me feel very depressed about my age. And she said that he was incredibly charming and talented. And therefore, Ooh. even though her group chat, her uni group chat was reeling, it, they With, could kind of see it. He was the uni heartthrob. Yeah. I wonder if he was in like the acting squad what's the actor isn't doesn't what's it called it doesn't the either oxford or cambridge one have a name it's like the star steppers or the foot steppers Footlights. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> god it's so but i feel really off put by anyone that's a bit like thespy yeah it it's reminds... not my natural crowd mm. i will say actually no do you know what that probably is a load of bollocks because obviously you know listeners if you don't my fiance's mum is an actress an oh actor, yes i should say now shouldn't use yeah, the word you actress should. and i've definitely love her energy but I know what you mean and also oh, I did unfortunately get a D in drama AS level oh my god you did drama AS yeah and I got a D so Babe. I know I don't even know why levels you did I did drama AS and then for A levels I did theology English and history I did that what the same subjects did you wait no sorry I, I dropped theology and had French right yeah I tried to do drama GCSE and quit it after a term, after a particularly humiliating uh, turn as Macduff in Macbeth and not Ooh, being able... Oh, that's quite a main part as well. Not being able to do the Scottish accent. Really? And it was like, clearly, if I'm too embarrassed to do an accent, then I cannot you do this. You probably shouldn't do drama. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was literally in the Consortium of Animals for Animal Farm. Oh that my was God, our, what like, animal were you? That, no, I was in like the, like, what do you call it? The choir? The chorus? Oh, I see. I so like, I was a sheep... I was a hen. Oh, you were like many shapeshifting. Yes, because we were literally just like the extras. So I, I think I had like one line and I remember just like hysterically laughing throughout the entire thing, <laughs> like an absolute weirdo. <laughs> and just not being able to control. But to be fair, one thing I will say is it wasn't just me, like our entire class like failed. Like the, the, um, all got the adjudicator obviously thought everyone was shit and that our whole performance of Animal Farm was just too shockingly well, bad clearly the drama teacher's accountable here i know poor mr ashenden wasn't the best Aww. i think that was his name anyway i don't remember now but well yeah that's his fault really he should have had better discipline and inspiration also i think animal farm was quite an ambitious one to choose for as students yes it is god i still haven't read it isn't that awful have you not no oh you're really missing out you can literally read it in like a few hours it's i know short yeah i need to read that guys hold on to the rest uh, to the end of the episode because we actually have a juicy segment on a lot of issues that are happening at drama schools currently in the yeah. news um anyway back to my second piece of enlightening info based off last week's celebrity gossip i also ha- know someone who performed with lizzo very recently yeah. and uh he said that there was no problematic behavior seen nor heard about whilst he was working with her interesting but he did say that shireen quigley was He's an oddball yeah she does seem that way yeah did he was he a dancer like no, what was his uh, musician role? right so he was like a session musician on tour yeah. interesting so i mean of course he might just not be privy to the information but interesting insight 
Right, Cathers, I think we also need to discuss a very, very interesting piece of celebrity gossip that's been making the rounds at the moment and was even picked up by celeb gossip blog Dumois. It raises some interesting questions ethically, so let's get into it. So basically, we heard from a friend of a friend of a friend that this girl was on dating app Field and matched with someone, a guy, who was into dirty laundry, as in sniffing girls' pants. I did have a friend who didn't know what that meant the other day. And yes, I didn't think that needed a caveat, but thank you. <laughs> pants sniffing. Anyway, he came over, they had the best sex. She was on cloud nine, really wanted to see him again, but he left without kind of texting her back and it seemed like case closed for him. But luckily for her, he left an item behind. She was like, oh, do you want to meet up? I can give it to you. And he was like, no, just post it. Gave her his address. She posted it, but with a little gift, which was, of course, a pair of dirty laundry. A pair of dirty knickers. A pair of dirty, sorry. <laughs> a pair of dirty laundry. <laughs> a pair of dirty knickers. Some knickers. She then messaged him being like, I've sent it back to you with a little surprise. He was like, what surprise? And she's like, oh, it's a, it's a gift. You'll see it when you open it. And he was like, no, tell me now. She said, it's a pair of knickers, ruined the surprise, but whatever. And he kicked off. I was like, that is so disrespectful because I live at home with my wife. Yeah, he was like, how dare you send a pair of knickers to my wife and I's home? Yeah, kind of your problem, mate, but like, okay. Um, also, you could have mentioned you were married. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, how are people meant to know when you're hanging around on dating apps? Exactly. Anyway, so she thought the the, the girl who sent the, lawn, the dirty knickers was like, hmm, this behavior is a bit weird. She did a reverse image Google search and... On his- profile pic on his profile pic which by the way we've seen and it looks very like getty images like it's quite a brazen shot to choose like it's not a little like pixelated selfie this is like a red carpet shot absolutely and listeners when we saw who that person was we both screamed didn't we yeah it is the husband of a globally renowned women's rights activists and dumois has reported that actually they have an agreement where because he's into kinky stuff, she allows him to sleep around. So thank God this women's activists isn't necessarily being like hoodwinked. But still, how embarrassing for her that this is now like celeb gossip number one. I mean, it's quite wild how brazen he actually was, I think, because anyone that would want to do two seconds of internet sleuthing could go and find out. So guys, obviously we're not saying because we don't want to get sued. Yeah. But if you want to go and do a bit of internet sleuthing, you do that and you will probably find answers pretty damn quickly. Yes. I wondered what you all think of it though, because it's a bit of a, it was a personal relationship quandary, I suppose. Like, would you want your partner if they were into kinky things, but you weren't? keen to explore that with them to go out there and get on field I guess the the issue would be that if you're not letting him then he's probably going to do it anyway yeah I just don't know how I feel about if I was a very like well-known person do I want my partner on like a public app with his face on it yeah yeah, I feel like I would want him to be a lot more anonymous that's the thing the the women's rights activists can't even be that mad about people finding out because like I'm sorry, but it's field. People are screenshotting people's pictures. Not, not yeah. that's right, but people are constantly sleuthing on there to see who's, you know, who they recognise. I definitely wouldn't have thought she would be someone that would want this in any way attached to her name, however. No. I do feel like it's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe it shouldn't be if they have a an agreement. Yeah, um, we're probably just being prudes, to be fair. Like, if they have an agreement, then maybe they're both cool. I saw this piece yesterday. It was on Mashable. I really want to read it. I haven't yet. That was written by a sex and relationships writer who went to a, like, swingers retreat in Jamaica oh, with her partner. And wow. they're, like, a previously monogamous couple. And then they go to this, like, crazy, like, week-long polyamorous event. I was like, that literally sounds insane. Like, that'll definitely be fun journalism. I don't know. I guess 
That'd we don't really, really move in those circles. So no, we I know. know. Well, we did we're say far too prudy. we were going to go to a naked breathwork workshop together, weren't we? Yeah. So we'll report back yeah. on that when we Not eventually. Not the same as a polyamorous retreat. No. Also, anyway, let us know, guys. Yeah, let us know. I also think, though, that if you do have that open agreement, he should say it on his profile because it's also not fair to the person you're sleeping with. They might not want to sleep with a married man. But I guess if you say it on your profile, you're drawing even more attention to who you actually are, therefore making like a thing of your identity in the first place. Well, then maybe you shouldn't be on field. I don't know. I think it's actually disrespectful to like the person you're hooking up with because some women will have very strong like ethical oppositions to sleeping yeah, with a married and- man. The woman who we heard this story from was looking for like a partner and thought she had a real connection with him and was excited to like have another date. Yeah. She didn't realise that she was signing up to be like a bit on the side. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so let us know. Let us know what you think. Now, on to the first proper talking point of today, Zayn Malik. We watched his call her daddy interview with Alexandra Cooper. And I'm here to tell you guys that you do not need to watch it. There are probably only four interesting takeaways from that What are the interesting things? My favourite takeaway, to be honest, was when they talk about the fact that Simon Cowell created the Teletubbies and the Power Rangers. Yes, that is actually interesting. So he is creator of iconic groups all around. I also was completely hooked on the fact that he had a pet chicken who became ill and he took said chicken to the vet. And the vet was like, we don't like take chickens. We don't usually have these. Nobody's brought a chicken to the vet. crying, holding a chicken. (laughs) He has 15 pets. I thought that was quite wild. He's got like loads dogs cats chickens but he must live his house in pennsylvania must be absolutely huge because when alexandra asks even about two of the dogs that like don't get on he's like oh they live in like completely different parts of the house like they never even see each other i guess you can get some good real estate in pennsylvania yeah he says he moves to pennsylvania because a i mean obviously he got introduced to it by the hadids because they have their big farm there and a it's paparazzi free so yes. there's really strict rules around photography, like paparazzi photography there. And B, he said it just reminded him of Bradford with its slower pace of life. Do you know what? I was actually really happy that his accent hasn't changed because you know how all the One Direction boys now sound absolutely mad. Yeah, he's still got a proper Bradford accent, yeah, doesn't he? Which has, I like. Yeah, it just sounds normal. Whereas- it's funny though, because it doesn't match how he looks to me. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I've, I just, I've so rarely heard Zane's voice. Yeah. I've always seen his image that I didn't really even realise that that was his voice until listening to this interview. So it was his first interview in six years. Some of you may remember he was actually the first to leave One Direction in 2015 and started releasing solo work. And he has just released a single called Love Like This, which is basically just like kind of fine. It's like brooding electro pop. Mm. Um, but I don't think we are anticipating a musical masterpiece because I actually had some fun digging into some reviews from his last album um oh the like r&b one yeah which is called nobody is listening which i remember literally well i remember at the time everyone was making that comment in their reviews being like there's a reason nobody's listening saying it's shit um on pitchfork they gave it 5.6 which is actually not that bad as a rating out of 10 for pitchfork but the actual review was so mean he said the boy band graduate remains desperate to remind you that he has sex eager to insist that he smokes his falsetto is beautiful but he's never sounded like this much of an amateur the shimmer and sheen of his earlier music reduced to the rumpled nonchalance of another stoned guy who thinks he can rap now that's literally the one for the recent music no that was from the last one oh not for the single that's out now no the single but it's all your thoughts on the single that's out now it's fine I mean, who listens to it other than old One Direction fans? And I don't mean that disparagingly. I mean, genuinely. Listeners, if you're a Zayn fan, but you weren't a One Direction fan, let us know. It's definitely better than the last album. The last album had this weird, like, Lil Kana kind of, like, boom bap rap. He's, like, trying too hard to move too far away from the original boy band identity. It's hard, though, to follow 1D as he 
says in the interview, I guess. It's just a weird one. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that he has equal custody of his daughter, Kai, as yes. well. He and Gigi's daughter. I get the vibe that he and Gigi live on sort of like neighboring farms. Because Gigi... In Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah. Because Gigi has a farm in Pennsylvania oh, there as interesting. well. Yeah, I think they originally lived there together. And obviously there was the whole drama with Yolanda. Like Yolanda's farm is also... Originally, I think Gigi and Zane bought their own farm that was like next door to Yolanda's. Maybe now Zane owns that and Gigi's gone back to Yolanda's. I don't know. I mean, they're huge bits of property. So guys, for any of you that don't remember, in October 2021, Zane pleaded no contest to four criminal harassment charges in his alleged dispute with ex-girlfriend Gigi Hadid and her mother, Yolanda. TMZ reviewed some court documents from the time and apparently it was at Gigi's Pennsylvania home. Malik denied making any physical contact with Yolanda, but the court doc shows, well, the court doc alleged that he shoved Yolanda into a dresser causing mental anguish and physical pain. Also, what did he allegedly say to her? He was like, she's my daughter. Like something really, really vulgar and disgusting. Like he was like, she came from the like sperm from my cock. Oh my God. He's, apparently, allegedly, that's one of the things that he said in that, it, that was one of the things in the what court. What a bizarre dog. thing to say. Yeah, it, she it, came from the sperm yeah, from my it cock. it was like something really like gross. <laughs> to Yolanda. Yes, about his baby daughter. Again, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. quite a stoner and I think he, not that there's anything wrong with that, but he hangs out at his place and looks after Kai, but kind of runs late doing sessions. And allegedly there was weed smoking and that's part of what Yolanda's not happy with. And that's part of why she'd like come over and wanted to like take Kai. Or Again, however, Zane said, he gently addressed it in the mm. Alexandra Cooper interview and just said like, I know what happened. The people know what happened. The people involved know what happened. Like that's all I'm going to say on it. But he's kind of um, hinting that, it was just internal family politics, a small bust up and not the kind of public facing meltdown that perhaps it seemed like at the time. And then the fact that he has shared custody does suggest. It can, but equally, I mean, I'm sure that wasn't around then the like nail in the coffin for him and Gigi's relationship. I feel like that was like their final split and obviously they've never got back together since. Yes. Talking of Yolanda, let us discuss the celebrity Lyme disease. Oh my God, I know. So the cut rerun a piece that they'd done in 2019 all about Lyme disease and it's kind of celebi sheen and it's, I guess it's reputation as like a disease of like advocacy because Yolanda was the first person to properly bring Lyme disease like into the spotlight, even though, as you say, it's very much like a celebi disease. There are so many famous people that claim that they've suffered from it. Avril Lavigne. Yep. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Ben Stiller. So for those of you that don't know, actually, Lyme disease is basically caused by black-legged ticks. It is a bacterial infection that is passes through the blood barrier post the bite. It can be, I guess, not that serious if it's caught early and you're put onto antibiotics. But if it's not found and it like goes on for a long time, it can lead to loads of other chronic problems. That's chronic Lyme, lots of like rheumatoid arthritis, like conditions, chronic exhaustion. Mm. You were saying when you, that Avril Lavigne said she was in bed for like two years. Yes. Yolanda is probably the most famous sufferer as well as her kids, Bella and Anwar. The theory, I guess, goes that perhaps they got it from their kind of equestrian lifestyle. They, they're obviously living in on the farm. They have been around horses all their lives. 
And Yolanda basically popularized the illness in 2016 in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because she went through the whole journey kind of on television. So sometimes she'd be fine. Sometimes she'd be like so ill that she couldn't move, couldn't get out of bed. It was really actually a hard watch. Like you could see that she was really suffering. However, some of the other housewives were skeptical about it because it is such like a strange sort of silent illness. And you can sometimes be like unable to get out of bed and sometimes fine. One uh, Lisa Rinna actually alleged that perhaps it was Munchausen's. And that's Mm. definitely floated around a lot on the internet since. So, and I think people like to accuse celebrities of that in particular, like Jamila Jamil. Exactly. So again, if you don't know, guys, Munchausen is like a syndrome where it's like, yeah. it's like dining out on the fact that there's an illness and often it's fake. So Munchausen by proxy can be when like mothers make up illnesses that their children are suffering from. Because they want to like have the attention them. and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Obviously very odd and obviously a huge allegation and it makes up like a massive storyline in the show like obviously Yolanda is absolutely furious that people would say that she might have Munchausen's because she's like this is literally the most awful chronic disease and no one believes that I'm ill she actually uh, was filmed at a gala I think it was like a big charity event for Lyme and she was like yeah the worst thing about it is people constantly like questioning whether you're actually ill like how can you look so beautiful and go to work one day and De- then be in bed the next devil's advocate though i guess um if you have munchausen's is that not a mental illness and oh yeah munchausen is a mental illness so actually yeah. in her head she might genuinely believe that she might God not be knows. lying yeah i mean i think that it was quashed pretty quickly that it would be munchausen's obviously that's like gossip on the internet as yeah. we say i mean people are skeptical of life the reason it's been in the news again recently is because bella hadid people thought she was been in rehab for a long time she's gone really quiet and actually she's posted to say you know that the re like her stint in rehab recently has been actually specifically about her health you know as in it's not like a drug or drink related thing it's very much about her chronic line which has been ongoing since she was about 12 years old the bacteria i think it's called like borella burgadofferi oh, that's butchering the pronunciation but it infects the person's body and basically Bella Hadid did this big gallery of images of like hospital and medical records confirming I guess what's actually gone down and so the imagery as I say is like medical history stuff that are basically connecting the symptoms that she has from fatigue and exhaustion and like ADHD and memory problems and sleep disorder and depression and tingling and numbness and headaches and all this as a kind of direct result of this chronic Lyme disease that she's had like most of her life. So how do you get rid of, what, what is her cure? Has she managed to find? Well, this is the thing, as I say, I think if you have Lyme and it gets caught within like an early enough time frame, you can have like oral antibiotics and be absolutely fine. But it's when it's left undiagnosed and that was the issue for Yolanda as well she spent the whole first year trying to get a diagnosis and then by the time she had one it was like too late late. so how has she recovered now like have so Bella or Yolanda both of them I mean I think it's been like an ongoing years years long process but they are finally getting better because they're getting like I guess yeah, but More Bella's had help. to be in like inpatient treatment, like all these pictures we say, you know, it's a, I mean, I, I don't know what the exact yeah. like relevance of this is, but there, a lot of the photos always seem to be around like IV drips. Right. Even that Yolanda used to post as well and lots of Bella's are. So I think it's a lot of like, I guess probably heavy duty antibiotics. Yeah, I guess if you have a bacteria, it's just attacking your body and your immune system. So it's trying to counter that, I guess. Yeah, um, which is probably also really intense on the body. I mean, yeah, I, I can understand people's skepticism, but then again, there's been so much skepticism towards so many illnesses, particularly mental health, for instance, that we've only like managed to like um, show as like a real, real thing. So maybe in a few years, we'll realize that like Lyme disease is a genuine illness. Oh, it's definitely a genuine illness. Yeah. I have absolutely no doubt about that. It's just not really understood. Yeah. So like, that's why I think the cut 
piece was interesting when they talk about it. It's like an Ill, what happens when an illness becomes an identity. Yeah. Because that's what's happening with Lyme in a way, because it's this like invisible illness. It's become its own very specific, like, niche almost i know that sounds really weird but it was it was born of advocacy like in the 70s this woman called polly murray who lived in connecticut uh, in this area called lyme was noticing all of these like mad um symptoms in her children like rheumatoid arthritis type stuff them not being able to stand they were very outdoorsy family and basically no one believed her and she would take her kids to the doctors constantly it's very much as I say, advocacy is a really big part of this illness because doctors, medical professionals, people around you, no one can like see it or believe it. Like it's something that you have to like really, really fight for to get your right, diagnosis. Right, so of course it becomes part of your personality. Yeah, because it's like a one person. Yeah, so like Lime or, Warrior as a hashtag yeah. is huge right. and stuff. But it is also very much tied into this like wellness stuff. So if you go onto Lime Warriors, you will find lots of like wellnessy content as i guess which is perhaps where people's skepticism has come from because they're like oh it's just one of these other newfangled wellness things that yes it's another so, so i guess some people must be like well it might just you just might have chronic fatigue or you might have depression or you might have an eating disorder and you're kind of trying to explain it with this lyme disease thing but then again chronic fatigue is also something that's like massively misunderstood isn't it yeah and like me yeah like some people say it's a kind of physical illness and some people think it's like created by stress triggered by stress it's all the Again, I, yeah. I mean, so many of those illnesses, like you say, I guess, are like disputed in medical circles. Not to say that's right. Like, I want to be very clear. Like, obviously, Lyme disease is real. Yeah. One of my friends actually had it, but non-seriously. Yes, I had a friend who was mm. on antibiotics. I had a tick in me once and my granddad just like took it out with tweezers and vinegar. Yeah. And it, I don't think you can get it from like any old tick. Like, it's yeah. a specific like niche thing. And just black-legged ticks specifically right. that like hang around in woodlands or something, I think, that you can get it from. But my friend just had this weird crater on her leg. Like originally it looked like a little mosquito bike and, and then it started to like get like bigger and bigger as this like holy dot, like weird thing with these circles mm. around it, which is like the classic sign. And she went to the center for like infectious diseases and they were like, oh my God, that's Lyme disease. And she, I think she'd been really tired as well. It was right around the wow. beginning of COVID as well, like at the beginning of the pandemic. She was like, oh, maybe I'm just tired because I've been ill. And then like after like six months of like, yeah, chronic like not feeling right I suppose she meant and that was caught like just in the nick of time I guess the thing is that right celebrities have the resources and funds and platform to talk about this so maybe it's just being associated with celebrity circles because they have the privilege to be able to make it a thing yeah and also I know this sounds ridiculous but obviously in America a lot of people especially with privilege like it's quite outdoorsy life right. like if you're a rich famous person you probably have a load of land you probably have That's horses a good point. you know you're yeah. actually probably it's not like a kind of urban lifestyle so much if you're outdoorsy people like say if you're working around horses like i'm sure like in the cowboy country they know about lime and they deal with it pretty quickly because it's like that yes i mean that's a complete speculation yeah yeah, yeah. or if they they're just not posting about it on instagram because they're not famous people yeah um, i think it's super interesting and it will be i think part of the reason that bella hadid has posted all about it is as a kind of a mea culpa to be like i'm not in rehab i don't have a drug issue i've actually got this real chronic illness that's been the root of all my problems for the last 10 plus years yeah. god well i feel for them i love avril lavigne in particular so i was very sad to hear about her two years in bed i mean imagine spending two years in bed i actually can't even fathom it and then sometimes being absolutely fine that's yes. what's so odd about it and not being able to 
for, yeah I think nowadays people would just assume you were mentally unwell and would yeah. just keep wanting you to just snap out of yeah it. and that's kind of the vibe that I got from that season of um the real housewives of Beverly Hills with yeah. how the other women are dealing with Yolanda they're like like one of the things Yolanda says in like the speech that she did at the 2018 global alliance gala was like the thing that's the hardest bit is as I say people not believing it and she's like how when people are like how can she be in bed seven days a week and then show up to work and how can she be so beautiful but still be so sick you know people just mm. couldn't square it mm. I have a fun uh, anecdote about Bella Hadid babe talking of Bella so when Go I was on. working at a magazine it was my duty to send groveling flowers massive bouquet flowers to Bella Hadid's family after they became particularly her dad and Mohammed uh, became incensed that the magazine in question had edited out photoshopped her bra strap from the image in inside the mag to make it look like she was naked oh so it was i mean some people she was say, young as well yes. though. bear in mind this was when bella was like literally just becoming a top model she was like 17 yes. or 18 years old and i think some people might be like okay well she was already topless she had a bra on but i mean what's the difference and also between... like you could say it's just aesthetic editing yes it wasn't like editing out the bra like it wasn't exposing her breast or anything it was just it was just giving the impression that she de- didn't have a bra on like right. the, like editing out the strap um but yeah the dad kicked off because he didn't want it to look like bella was just posing nude in the in the shoot even if you didn't see any actual nudity the fact that she, it looked like she was nude in a studio big old protective papa bear yeah and so the magazine had to apologize and yeah, admit that they'd done that and it's not a great look is it that's slightly embarrassing it's, it's such a pre-me too move so pre-me too you can so see that that was a while yeah. ago also i then interviewed her uh, on a red carpet and she was really nice yeah she gives really good vibes bella Hadid. Yeah. like when she first came on the scene like we said i was like oh god i just don't like her which is very rude of me. I don't even know why. I don't know why. I think I was just like, oh, it's just... Um... Well, she always looked so bloody angry and moody. Yeah, and actually <laughs> now, whenever I read interviews with her and stuff, like that amazing Vogue cover that she did when she talked all about regretting her nose job and stuff, yes. I think that she's just great. And I follow her on Instagram. I definitely want to try Kenya Forex, her adaptogenic drinks. I'm, I'm here for that. I like when she talks about her anxiety, about not drinking alcohol. Like, I just like how upfront and open she is. I think it's great. I did feel a bit sorry for her when her like crying on Instagram became this huge meme. Do you remember now there's like so many pictures of like Bella Hadid like yeah. doing the cry- the crying selfie became this huge yeah. thing. I mean, I will say and each their own, this is not judgment or criticism. It's just my personal view is that I find it slightly jarring when celebrities post images of suffer of them suffering. So like with Yolanda, she would often post so many pictures with like, IVs and like lying in bed like we're sick and like obviously I get that it's really powerful in one way because you're using social media not just to say like the shiny stuff and you're showcasing the 360 reality of being a human being but in another I'm like it just feels a bit performative doesn't it yes I mean I can't imagine in any world posting a crying selfie to an Instagram if I had something very serious to say about my mental health I would just post talk to my friends about it privately yeah or or, talk on air about it here or like yeah you know I mean you'd use a different I just um, wouldn't use an image I would just write a blog post or a caption of an of an image that wasn't me crying (laughs) yeah it's odd and I think I totally get that she felt like she had to post this big gallery, Bella, recently about where she's been because she's obviously trying to like refute this idea that she's been in rehab because of drugs or alcohol. But it very much feels like this is her like vindicate me post, doesn't it? Mm. It's like, here is lots of evidence of me being ill kind of thing. It's kind of weird, isn't it? To post your medical records on Instagram. 
But then I guess if you have an illness that people doubt like every single day is real. Yes, then I probably would do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Talking of another One Directioner, have you seen the gossip about one One Directioner who likes to have sex with pregnant women in this week's Pop Bitch? Yeah. So guys, we've talked about this before on air, but just in case you haven't heard, Pop Bitch is like a juicy, celebi, gossipy newsletter that we are quite obsessed with. You can sign up just literally by Googling Pop Bitch. And they mentioned that at a live podcast recording at the 100 the other week, an audience member of the panel let slip on stage that Harry particularly likes a pregnant lady. Oh, did they name him? Yeah, Pop yeah. Bitch. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Pop Bitch names him. Oh, they say God, Harry was... Styles. The headline is Harry Styles likes him ripe. How oh, disgusting is that? Sorry, I was being so overly legally cautious there. I didn't yeah, even know. Yeah, no, we're just repeating, we're repeating just... what we saw in Pop Bitch, honey. Oh my God. I mean, so the problem with that is you're basically saying you like to fuck women who are with someone else. Yeah, it's a weird, like, what are the ethical implications? Like, is it about fertility mm. and how that's, like, naturally attractive to, like, mm. the human species? Or is it about, like, wanting what you can't have that's, like, forbidden? Yes. I don't know. Um, I think it's, and either way, fetishizing pregnant women's bodies is just bloody weird. Do you remember there was all that really weird stuff? Actually, no, I bet you won't remember this because I feel like it's one of those cultural reference points that would have passed you by. Oh, yeah. Uh, When Katie Price was pregnant with, as in Jordan, Katie Price was pregnant with Harvey and she had sex with Gareth Gates. And it was like a huge thing. Oh, my God. No, I don't remember that. Obviously, he's not the father of the child. Obviously, Dwight York is. And I feel like that's the first time I ever saw people discuss like pregnant women in a sexual way like in the public sphere and poor old Jordan was obviously as you'd well imagine getting it in the neck god Jordan she recently said this week that she would rather be in prison than uh, go to court someone's saying you have to read the review of her podcast like apparently it's like basically getting like cornered with the worst auntie at a wedding and like sitting there and having to listen to their stories oh my god I mean god. I'm surprised and this is a, I do not mean this in a bitchy way this is not to be like dismissive but I'm surprised she can string together an hour-long podcast conversation because I watched one of her paid partnership posts the other day my friend had shared it on his Instagram it and it was I mean it was like fucking iconic it was so bad it was hilarious like I'm oh like, my god I need to see and this. there's like thousands of people have liked it and commented and I'm like, oh my God, people literally do buy what she recommends. It's some kind of like skinny food, low sugary, low fat, you know, like diet range. So it's like a what I eat in a day vlog of her using these products all the way through the day. And it is chronically bad. Like it's hilarious. Like it feels like a spoof. That's You've so funny. actually got to I go mean, away I'm genuinely it. quite worried about her because the amount, she's now got, she's definitely got an addiction to plastic surgery. She's now also been in the news. And again, this, this isn't a criticism. It's just an observation. People are talking about her heartbreak because of her like failed IVF attempt for like her sixth child. Oh no, that's sad. I mean, the son needs to stop writing about Katie Price because I think it must be fueling also that her desire to, I mean, she, she constantly sees pictures of herself in the media, not looking the way she wants to. No wonder she keeps having constant, constant surgery on her face. I mean, she's yeah. unrecognizable now. Yeah. It's like a horrible chicken and the egg situation. Like we just need to stop writing about her. No, you're right. I actually, in fact, now almost feel bad for bringing it up. I, I thought I brought it up. Oh, did you bring it? We are the same. Oh, yeah. We are one <laughs> mind. No, do you know what? I think it's just a, like, uh, yeah, in a it's way. It's really interesting. Yeah, and in a way, she's kind of re-entered, like, the public ad- imagination for me more recently. And I just hadn't thought about her for, like, years. And then suddenly I'm like, whoa, she keeps popping up everywhere. She was my first celeb uh, memoir. Oh. Which I read on holiday. Do you remember she wrote children's books for a while? She oh, was a highly successful God. children's author. What? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah, she had a run of terrible children's books I think she was so beautiful before the plastic surgery I mean she was literally like 15 when she first got 
featured on page three, wasn't she, or something. It was wild. Which, again, is another whole topic of conversation. It's actually mad. There was that whole thing when The Sun was getting cancelled yet again for their treatment of Hugh Edwards, of being like, how dare... Yeah, like, I saw Owen Jones tweet yeah. that. He's like, literally, you were publishing child pornography yeah up until about five years ago with like horrendous headlines about them being a minor or i know i was trying to remember was it jordan that they did guys in katie price there was one particularly bad one that i think has been referenced on lots of those tv shows about the tabloids and stuff where they did like a countdown to someone's 16th birthday because then they could show their naked boobs oh my god i think that was the sun but there's that particularly well-known woman sam fox yes. who was like one of the iconic early Glamour page models. three models mm. and they did literally like a daily countdown until she was going to turn 16 where they could officially like show nipples Sam Fox who interestingly actually only this week told the Telegraph that she actually highly enjoyed her time as a glamour model and her argument was that actually you can have babies at 16 so why can't you engage in that kind of activity in the papers and actually I do know someone who like a friend of a friend of mine's cousin is a page three model Mm. or was and she I do remember like her and her friends like having a great time like they actually felt like super liberated as like 18 year old women who otherwise wouldn't be financially independent wouldn't travel for work like I'm saying all of this just I guess devil's advocate in a way because obviously on principle I like as we just said I think page three is absolutely disgusting and immoral and blah 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 but knowing women that have first-hand experience of it it was like the greatest thing ever for their careers and gave them like real freedom and actually like liberation from perhaps more like patriarchal structures ironically i guess yeah the problem is that a might be an exception and b doesn't uh help the fact that just so many men will not be seeing it like that when they open the paper unfortunately i just can't believe that when i was like 18 i remember i used to flick through the papers at the local cafe like in sixth form when we'd go and have lunch there i just can't believe that was just in the papers and that was normal and that like yeah, just dads looking at 16, Ew, like naked so 16 gross. I mean, it's just awful. Okay, babe, before we finish, can you please fill me in on this drama school debacle as yes. well for all the culture huns? I feel like post Katie Price, let's on a highbrow high. Highbrow high? Yes. yes. So Deadline, which is a Hollywood industry publication based in the US, broke the story last week that British drama schools have become a breeding ground for sexual assault. Nearly 100 complaints about sexual harassment, discrimination and bullying over the past three years collected through a freedom of information request across 11 schools by Deadline. Why is America like why is a US publication reporting on UK drama So I think Deadline is actually branching out now. They they will cover stuff in the UK as well. Yeah, they must have a team here. But it's really interesting, I think, because there was so much around the Me Too movement on on set behavior and abuse of power on set or on the casting couch or whatever. But so little focus on how these actors are trained and whether that behavior is encouraged, if not taught, at drama schools. So so are they talking about the obvious drama schools like... Bristol of it, yeah. Guildhall. Rada, got yeah. it. So a lot of them anonymized and uh, a lot of people have gone via pseudonym, but also loads of celebrities have weighed in. So the allegations are actually wild. Um, the one that really stuck with me with the allegations around some of the exercises they make you do at drama school to encourage you to lose your inhibitions and basically like in, um, inhabit some of the characters most like dark thoughts i guess because they're so different to yours um and one of these workshops involved each student picking up a mask and these masks would stand for different character traits um and one of the most common masks was a rape mask and it would be picked up by inevitably male students and chiara charteris who starred in poldark 
told Deadline that this workshop literally created monsters. She said that when male students put on the figurative rape mask, you would see female students get cornered in a room, get touched or groped, and it was perfectly acceptable in the context of this class. She said in another character study, females were asked to mime taking their clothes off and male students had to imagine them naked and then pick the most attractive. She was like, I still to this day don't understand the point of that. See, the first thing I was going to say, obviously I feel like the whole rape thing is like problematic of course but equally obviously drama school is about like going to the darkest depths yeah yeah and i know that they do i know someone that went to bristol or vic and it was like a lot like they ended up on like antidepressants and stuff in their experience there because the whole thing is they break you down to like build you back up exactly that's a big mantra isn't it yeah and i'm not saying that's right but i definitely feel like the rape mask if, if the teacher like as long as male and female students were like using it equally, I don't think that that's inherently problematic. Interesting, I do yeah. just think, because again, you're, I mean, loads of those actors will one day play a fucking rapist or a sociopath or a criminal. Like, you know what I mean? Like they will in- inhabit those thoughts, I guess, in some respect at some point. But I definitely think that it would should be like monitored by the professor to ensure that it's not gendered because then it yes, just becomes but I guess really that's the problem is let's be real I don't think I've ever seen a female rapist on TV like those aren't that isn't because it doesn't really oh, happen oh I have have you? Who? yeah so apart from notes on a scandal I guess yeah in Desperate Housewives there was one okay there aren't many so I can see why I guess there's already a power imbalance in that it tends to be men who play rapists and therefore it makes more sense in a context of a drama school for them to inhabit that role but still really not fair no, that's, I, yeah, I think that's ridiculous. I think, like, if you're going to ask people to inhabit these, like, deeply, like, dark, repressed, like, emotions, then it needs to be everyone needs to do it. <laughs> you're right. And actually, like, on not, stage, there's gender swapping all the time. Men play women, men, women yeah. play men, particularly now. And it's not about, like, oh, what roles may or may you not get based on your gender, like, later in your career? It's like, do you have range? Yeah, have that's you tried so true. every single perspective out there? That's very true. I guess what needs to happen then, considering lots of people will have experience and trauma around rape, is there needs to be safeguard. Like the teacher needed to ask if people didn't feel comfortable in this situation. Like you can't just randomly go and grope someone who might have had experience of rape in the past. Yeah, yeah. So there are also lots of allegations around the issue of trauma porn and reliving trauma for artistic use. Daisy May Cooper, your fave from this country, studied at RADA and she said students were encouraged to relive rape or miscarriage without any aftercare although rada said it no longer tolerates the teaching practice she described wow which so like to, to yeah that's fucked to single right. people out because they've had a miscarriage and be like oh let's really your trauma this. in front of everyone else because it will make you a better actor but you know controversially i think so much of the media is built on that like i interviewed grace carter recently so house the singer who on 2019 was on the BBC sound of list. Yeah. So she was alongside like Rosalia, Slow Tie and Octavian. Obviously yeah. Slow Tie and Octavian both have serious sexual abuse like allegations against them. So their careers have stalled for their own reasons. But yeah. Rosalia is obviously like a global star. So basically when I spoke to Grace, turns out that part of the reason that she had time away from the music industry was because her whole career was built as like a 19 year old on reliving and rehashing her trauma for other people right and that actually took it all out of her and she felt that she had nothing left like by the pandemic she was completely broken it was to do with family trauma as well like she was basically a secret child for 20 years and her dad had like a new family and didn't want to um you know like he didn't want to have a relationship with her and all the music was about that and that like real trauma Mm. and actually what happened is her trauma was trotted out onto the world stage rehashed reused for storylines for um 
gigs, like whatever, you know, all the songs are about this and the management around her. She was also signed to Polydor at the yeah. time, which is the label that Ray was on. Yeah. She's now not signed to Polydor. This EP was released independently. She had to get a whole new team. But she kind of just felt like, I think, yeah, used just, in that she, no, no duty of care was there from the industry, which obviously we know is a massive problem in music, but clearly in acting as well. That yeah. they want, you know, they want your, your trauma makes a great story and it makes brilliant art, but they're not there to actually like help you once you've laid it all bare for the whole public to see afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. You're essentially trying to get them to conduct a live therapy session with no professional therapist. therapist. And they're like 19 or whatever. In front of an audience. Um, someone else in the investigation said she was asked to play a domestic violence victim after re- revealing to her class at drama school that she had been in an abusive relationship prior to joining. Oh my God, no, I feel like that is one of the worst. Yeah, I mean, they're just countless. That, I, that's like sick like warped so lucy a pseudonym claimed a tutor encouraged her classmate to beat her she alleged that the same tutor who still works at the drama school east 15 compared her to an henri rousseau painting of a native black woman in the jungle after performing a scene in her underwear lucy said she was offered just four counseling sessions during her three-year course yeah that's mad literally mad i think I think the whole world has changed so much now, hasn't it, as well? All these kind of, like, I guess, like, negative practices. Literally, this sounds ridiculous, right? My friend was even telling me the other day she's been, like, sleep training her baby. Yeah. And the things she was telling me sounds so much like the dog training things that we've done with Arthur, which are all about positive reinforcement. And I know this sounds really ridiculous, but just stay with me. Old school methods of training, full stop, babies, dogs, actors, I don't know, whatever, were kind of all about negative reinforcement. It was like, you, you're scared. And even in the workplace, like we say, this has been this huge cultural shift, whether it's with Me Too, digitization, post-pandemic, people working from home, whatever. Like, you used to rule with fear. That was the way you got yes, people to do what you- Yes, you were meant to be scared you, of your yeah, boss. That's the way you got people to do what you wanted them to do. Now- we've realized that actually positive reinforcement is by far a more powerful tool. Like if you encourage people and you make them comfortable and happy and also the same as animals, if you make them feel safe and loved, like that's when you're going to get the behavior that you want. Like you should show, demonstrate the behavior you want and then congratulate, positively enforce, treat that you've like, that that's the right thing to do. Whereas punishment is actually short lived. Punishment gets what you want in the moment, but long term it creates like real psychological damage. And with that um, domestic violence incident, for, for example, as if she's now going to be able to put that in through her work on stage or on screen because she's just got a double trauma. It's going to lock that memory away even further. She'll never be able to access it. Yeah, it's way too like close to home. Yeah. And I think, fair enough, if you're a domestic abuse survivor, if you want to write something about your personal experience and it's deeply true to you, like, you know, as with Michaela Cole in I May Destroy You, that was a cathartic experience for her. She wanted to write about her experience of sexual assault. If you're not choosing that, then that is wrong on so many levels. Also, I think there's a very, there's very much a power, regaining power and control if you then write about your experience, whereas just kind of acting it out. Someone else's part where you have no control over the narrative, the script. Exactly. And talking of Michaela Cole, uh, she and Papa Esidu um, said that they were called the N-word at Guildhall. The school did apologise and took a, an anti-racism programme. By classmates. <gasps> and I think because it's this thing of like, hell. lose your inhibitions, be whatever you can. be are being as outrageous yeah. and disruptive um, as possible. But like, where the hell's the line? Like we say, what, so great, students come away feeling like completely victimised. One black graduate said he was called a slave during class, again, under the pretense of pushing boundaries. And another black graduate claimed that he was asked to paint his face white for a performance of musical comedy, Oh, What a Lovely War. Oh, my God. Because the tutor 
obviously clearly didn't think that he could play a a, a white character if he was black i mean it's just it insane. just sounds like it's literally rife with all the classic old institutional problems isn't it yeah i mean it's like racist it's sexist it's clearly kind of run by a load of old white like men who are very egotistical i mean saying that to be fair there's i'm sure there's a lot of awful women teaching there as well but i wonder is it the culture is it an act it must be because if it's across all the acting schools in britain then it, this must be the like the oh yeah, they do things. And I, I only read out a couple of the things, but there's, there's deadline has done like article after article, like with these investigations. It's like a whole series, and also this must be happening in American drama schools as well. And of course, this must then impact the way actors are behaving on set. It's like actually the one of the origins of the is the Me Too movement, along mm. with how we, you know, how we look at gender roles in society. But how that is like a building block of some of the like toxicity we see yeah, that's in good Hollywood. Point, actually. Yeah. Really good point. Um, and actually it really reminded me just even our discussion there about like putting on masks and losing inhibitions of that film Infinity Pool I talked about a few months ago where Oh which super- Gizzy said's her favourite as well. Oh really Yes, oh, yeah. you didn't listen very oh, well. No, I did. Sorry, I just completely <laughs> forgot. Um, yes, which is for guy, people that don't know, super rich people put on masks, and in this special like island where completely different laws apply, uh, they can do whatever they want because then, uh, from murder to rape, as long as they then pay for a cloned version of themselves to get sentenced to death in their place. Mental. Bit Westworld. Yeah, and also a little bit. Is it Squid Games that they're wearing like animal masks? Yeah. The really rich people they are, aren't they? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they are. So it is tapping into that whole thing, but it is a quagmire. But but also if you're a school, like your whole raison d'etre is to be able to have frameworks in place for good education. Like that is like your number one priority. So I don't understand how you can teach all this shit without doing it within a safe framework. They're quite elitist anyway, aren't they? A lot of these drama schools. Yeah, you have to pay so much to get in. I mean, yeah, a lot of people most people who go into acting can't afford them. But then again, most people can't become professional actors because unless you've gone to drama school and made those contacts, you then can't get a... Yeah, and that is why it's um, such a, like, the industry is so dominated by, like, the upper classes because you have to be privileged to be able to to even, like work unpaid for like years i actually did a whole uh, piece on this for telegraph a few months ago where i interviewed loads of actors from lots of different gender identities and backgrounds all about how absolutely horrendous it is to be an actor right now and that unless you're like unless you're a nepo baby or a model or a tiktok creator you're not gonna get in i've read something quite interesting the other day which i think really spoke to like the human spirit which was that it's interesting how most Nepo babies do something creative. So most Nepo babies are photographers, they're artists, they're fashion designers, they are actors, like we say, and actually what that says about who we are, rather than us being dismissive of like, oh, they're little like fancy schmancy creative pursuits. What that says is that if we all had the freedom to do whatever we like, we'd all choose to be creative in some way. Interesting. It's a kind of interesting like way creative. of reframing it, yeah, isn't it? it's true. And actually if we all had endless financial support most of us would want to seek that arty output i once worked at an acting agency so when i was uh, doing my master's in brighton oh yeah i worked for an acting um, agency so i would put actors up for jobs on spotlight which is the like yes. interface god i'm not gonna lie like having a insider look into that industry i was like wow this is depressing these poor actors like these people have agents they went to Guildhall. even these people like yeah and like you're lucky to get like one role a year and you know most of the time you would obviously dream of these big roles that are in film tv actually you're quite lucky if you get an advert that's gonna pay like you know 10k then that's gonna sort you out for like the other half of the year because so much of it you have to spend money on your 
outfits. So like they might say to you, oh, you have an audition and you need to be wearing a gray suit. So you need to turn up in a gray suit. Like you need to have audition clothes. You need to get a train there. It could be somewhere random. Like you say, if you're not in the major cities, if you're not in Manchester or London, like you're pretty fucked in terms of actually getting to auditions mm. and back. Like, you need to pay for It's funny because people think of actors, I always think, as like super sensitive souls. And actually I would say to be a working actor, you've got to be as hard as nails. You have to be so tough. You have to be told no again and again and again and still get up. Like as I say, Marlon's mom, like she's a really, really amazing actress. She's actually been in loads of stuff. She's been in Doctor Who. She's been in Doctors. She's been in lots of plays and she like just to keep going like she's a woman in her 60s now and the actual like slog that it takes to not have your spirits completely broken by it is incredible yeah and now she's like really successful and like I say because she's kind of stuck with it for so long but obviously you know it's it's just relentless like it's awful and people who have okay yeah you've had the privilege and the money to pay for drama school but then once you've paid for that and that might be your savings or that might be all the money you had to spend on your career you can't retrain no and a lot of the actors that we work with at the agency like I would say at least 80% of them have second jobs like they can't all do acting as their main thing and yet they've kind of plowed like every piece of energy and absolutely money and time and when you have auditions you're losing money from your job because you'll have to ask for leave from say the restaurant that you work at or whatever do a whole unpaid day of auditions it's just I mean, in terms of the schools as well, there's definitely now a trend, isn't there? There's been an uptick in like newer, less kind of heritage acting schools. And also I spoke to quite a few big casting directors and um, like one of them who had done Barbie. And she said that a lot of them are now casting without um, prior experience and without drama school qualifications. And they're doing it mostly off the internet and TikTok and social media. And obviously with euphoria as we know that was all street casting <gasps> angus cloud yeah. r.i.p i was first job ever yeah he was working at chicken and waffle place and the casting director picked him out because he looked like he could be a drug dealer yeah i thought he was just walking down the street because he said in that um id interview that at first he thought it was a scam his oh, yes, mate right. also thought it was a scam he and his friend were both stopped together and the friend was like absolutely not whereas angus cloud was like okay i'll go and like see what this is about Thought it was definitely a scam though, because he was like, what do, you, what do you mean you see something in me? Like, how can you see that I'm a star? Went to the audition and they were like, so we have this part of you that's like the drug dealer. And he's like, oh, that's what you saw yeah. in me. You no, don't you're think right. I it was like in Brooklyn, actor. but it I was like a drug dealer. Yeah, exactly. It was near where he worked. Um, he was amazing. Literally amazing. He's my favorite thing about the show. Same, so same. sad. And also, like, the whole la- end of the last season revolves around him. Yeah. Like, how are they going to do this? They haven't even started shooting the third season, so I don't know how, what they're going to do really sad um to end babe i'm going to recommend a fantastic book to you go on yellow face i can take it on my holiday tomorrow right you'll lend it to me it's called yellow face by rebecca quang everyone's been talking about it this year i would say it was like the book of the year the premise this isn't a spoiler it's like on the blurb in the reviews is that a white author who was having no success she'd like released a debut book but like it had bombed um was uh stole the manuscript of her dead chinese friend passed off as her own and it was hailed as a masterpiece and her whole career um takes off as a result of this book uh that she stole from her friend and then it just essentially is a thriller of does she get found out who's the author rebecca quang where's the book set it's set in washington dc got it but for someone that is in the publishing industry you will find it really interesting because it is such an a satire of all the like identity politics and like cancel culture issues that are happening within publishing at the moment so with this book did you null and void your usual feelings about writers writing about writers because i'm sure last time we discussed this oh yeah like, i can't read a single more novel about a writer or i will 
punch someone. I think, uh, yes, I think you're right. I think I particularly get annoyed when it's journalists writing about journalists. But Got this it. was different because it was it an felt author. removed enough. And, and also it was just so compelling. Like the fact that she is in the publishing industry as a successful writer, like she is a successful writer, Rebecca Quang. Maybe this isn't her debut. No, this, she wrote like a sci-fi trilogy, I think, um, before this. So her knowledge of the publishing industry is what makes this such a good thriller. Ooh. When I say me and my boyfriend both read it like in bed in like two days... I haven't read a book like this since Harry Potter, I don't think. Okay, I'm sorry, but that is yeah, an extreme in, positive review. Not in terms of similarities of content, but just in terms of page, page turning. Yeah. And so it's called wow. Yellow Face, people might not know. It's the practice of wearing makeup to imitate an East Asian person. So obviously that yeah. stealing the manuscript is all about that. So I would love to know. Great, I'm going to take that on my holiday tomorrow. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. Guys, if you have any recommendations, let us know. We already shouted out for some last week. Do you know what I really wanted to get, actually? I thought it would be a good one to talk about on the pod. It's a year old. I meant to read it last year and I just didn't. And I really want to get my hands on a copy of Bella Mackey's Kill Your Family. I've got it. I only read half of it because I thought it was terrible. Right. Well, then perhaps I will not borrow. Yes, that it's shit. You. Sorry. Really? God, yeah. okay. But actually, lots of my friends did like it, but then also a few of my friends hated it also. So clearly divides. I'll borrow it and make my own Yeah, calls, I think I? I maybe threw it away. Oh. I think it was like I brought it God. on holiday, essentially ruined it by the pool and then threw it away. Um, soz. However, actually, a listener did give me a recommendation for her own memoir and she sent it to me. Oh, yeah. So I'm halfway through reading it now and I will oh. do a little review of their memoir when I finish it. Great. Please do rate, review and subscribe as always. Do shoot us a DM at Straight Up Pod on Instagram and let us know what you want us to chat about next time. Bye. 